Back to the NFL. Patty Mahomes already has an incredible list of accolades. He's one of four starting quarterbacks with multiple MVPs and Super Bowl wins. And he's just the second quarterback to start in six straight conference championship games while his passing yards and passing touchdowns rank second through a player's first seven seasons in the league. Okay, Mad Dog with a shocking admission yesterday on his show. Take a listen. This is about the Chiefs. You could say anything you want, and I've been watching quarterbacks since Namath and Unitas, okay, back in the mid-60s, and Star, I saw them. Uh, and Unitas, maybe not quite in Johnny U's peak form, and mid-late 60s on, he still was playing. Namath, we all know, everybody in the 70s. I, I, I'm going to say this uh, really definitively. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. He, he's the best Mahomes. This is. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen. There's nobody better than this kid. Okay. Marcus Spears back here with us. We need to pause for a second right now. Mm-hmm. You, right. a history professor. Right. That tells you something. That lives back in the 1950s with Unitas. And then you've been telling but, me about Montana. There you go. Tom Brady. You're ready to crown yeah, he's better than Brady. Patrick Mahomes. I think He's so. better than Tom Brady. Now, I understand that Brady's got seven titles, I, and I love Brady. I love his competitiveness. This guy's incredible. I mean, he never makes a mistake. He can play in cold weather. He's proved that. He had one bad half. In every playoff game we've ever seen, we've had one bad half. He was terrible against the Bengals two years ago in the second half when they lost. Other than that, he is so – he runs. How about the play he made last week when he's running out of bounds? He throws the ball out of bounds to save yards with his left hand. I mean, he is so great. You can't beat the guy. I mean, I mean, you can't beat him. And listen, he's better than any quarterback today by far. You want to put him we'll – we'll do a little list, have some fun with it later. I know that Stephen A. thinks I'm nuts. I know probably Swagoo, who I love, he thinks I'm nuts too. And I do go back to 1967 with these quarterbacks. I saw Starr against the Cowboys with the ice ball, 68 yards, 338 in the worst weather of all time. I, I saw the game, and I saw the drive. He called every play. Great. There was worst no weather of all time? Best, uh, best drive of all time. What about, what, about, what about that fog bowl in, in Chicago where you couldn't even see two feet in front of you? I saw Worst weather of all time? Worst weather of all time? You're saying Patrick It was 59 Mahomes. below that day. Can we pause for a second? I, Stephen A. and Marcus, I need to hear from you. He is saying Patrick Mahomes, our historian, is the greatest of all time. Like, Marcus, is, is he better than Tom Brady? Is that true? He's very close. I'm not going to make him the GOAT yet, but I think he's the most talented quarterback we've ever seen um, when it comes to the way that he plays the game and how he can put his stamp and dominate the game. If it, And we have all this conversation about wins and losses being a quarterback stat. Pat Mahomes is the anomaly. He is absolutely the reason why Kansas City wins games. And it's more about him than any other phase. And I know the defense has been great. I know he had Tyreek Hill. I know Travis Kelsey has been there. He has impacted winning to me more than any quarterback I've ever seen. So if you determine he's the GOAT by that, I'm not mad at Mad Dog. I have him very close to being the GOAT. I think this game, and I said it when we were talking about the Ravens and the Chiefs, I think this game, if Patrick Mahomes wins this game, last year we talked about Philly being a better team. But you still felt like Kansas City had a legitimate shot because of Pat, and and they had some success offensively. This year, to me, has been the hardest year on Patrick Mahomes' career when it comes to playing quarterback because of the people around him. And he ends up in the AFC Championship. The Chiefs are not better than the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens quarterback is playing just as well in this particular season. If he goes and wins this game and then goes on to win the Super Bowl, He'll be the GOAT to me 
for the rest of his career. <sighs> to me, the two most talented quarterbacks, talent, that I've ever seen is Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers as a talent. Patrick Mahomes' resume threatens to challenge Tom Brady um, and supplant him as the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Here's what I would say to you, Doggy. You're not wrong from this perspective. Mahomes, he's actually, his winning percentage has actually is actually better than Tom Brady's. They're one and two, respectively. Mahomes at 87 and 25, 77.7% of his of, of, of victories. Tom Brady, 286 and 95. That's 75% of his victories. So the numbers are there. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. 13 and 3, averaging 285 yards passing, 38 touchdowns, just seven interceptions, a 106 passer rating, which ranks as the highest in NFL postseason history with a minimum of 150 pass attempts. Okay, going historical, doggy, because you'll appreciate this. Only Bart Starr has a better career postseason record than Patrick Mahomes in a minimum of 10 starts. Only Bart Starr. So I get it. Here's where it becomes a bit problematic we did see Patrick Mahomes lose the Super Bowl to Tom Brady we did see him lose an AFC championship game to Tom Brady not only did we see those things okay so that means two of the three postseason losses that Patrick Mahomes suffered was against Tom Brady so we gotta get that out the way okay and then not only do you have that here's what you can ask yourself I know that doggy I know that Tom Brady had Randy Moss once upon a time, okay? By the way, they didn't win a Super Bowl then. You understand? They got to the Super Bowl, but they didn't win. Of the seven titles he won, he never had a Randy Moss. Patrick Mahomes did have Tyreek Hill. He did have Travis Kelsey. Now, he had Gronk, no doubt about it, and I get all of that. But to me, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, the question is only one thing and one thing only, longevity. That's it. Yep. Are you going to do this over the next decade? What he's doing right now, doggy, I get exactly what you're saying. It's just that what Tom Brady gets to say to anybody is, can you call me 10 years from now? Because, see, I did it for 20. Can you call me 10 years from now? Let's see what he's doing then. That's the only argument he has, but it is a profound one. Never, yeah. Nevertheless. Well, he, 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 let me ask Swagoo, man. Take yeah, let me ask Swagoo. So, Agu, you got to game the life for your win, and you're on the team. You're a defensive, you know, you're playing for a, you in a big game. And game for your life, where you're taking a quarterback that you have seen play at a peak performance. You take Mahomes over Brady, wouldn't you? Mahomes, yes. No, oh, no, oh, no, oh, you no, no, man, no, oh, I not would. now. I Bro, would. Listen, listen, here's the thing, man. This is why the conversation becomes so hard. Because in football, like Stephen A. just brought up, Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, talent is unreal. But I can't dismiss the fact of how many times I saw Tom Brady in critical moments either get his team in field goal range or go win a game. Y'all remember, we not far removed from Tom Brady being down 28-3 in a Super Bowl and coming back and orchestrating a comeback. We not far removed from him leaving New England, where the question was, is it him or the head coach and going to Tampa and winning the Super Bowl? Now, that team was good. Don't get me wrong. But it was Tom Brady 
the reason why they won a championship because of what he added to what that football team was. I I'm not ready to say right now, man, dog, but I, I put a lot well, of stock into the potential of Patrick Mahomes right. winning the Super Bowl this year because I think this would be his most difficult one. Well, let's say this to Agu. Let me tell you why. Listen, man, I love me some Tom Brady, but let me tell you why I think that an argument could be made against you because you're talking about Tom Brady finding a way, and obviously but Patrick Mahomes has also proven he finds a way. And so now we get to look at their talent. I'm talking about as presently constructed. Tom Brady can never run like that. He can never extend plays like that. Mm-hmm. That's not what he. That's not what Tom Brady did. Okay, we. It was a rare, rare moment. Maybe like three occasions in his twenty-year career where we saw him do that. And so that's what you have to look at from that perspective. If Doggy is right in terms of the minimal amount of mistakes that Patrick Mahomes makes, okay, we know that he can make all the requisite throws. We know his decision making is sublime. We know he's a winner. He doesn't crack under pressure. He can play at home or go on the road. It doesn't phase him. So. So now I got to take into account your ability. And I'm saying that I'm not taking anybody over Tom Brady. Tom Brady, in terms of throwing the football, absolutely correct. But when you take into account being able to throw and run, Tom Brady did not run. And so because of that, especially looking at today's game, there's no way in hell, even with the greatness of Tom Brady, that I would take him over Patrick Mahomes because of Patrick Mahomes' ability to extend plays with running. Yeah, the problem but, but that you have, have – oh, go okay. ahead. No, the, the one thing I was going to say, Scott, the problem you have arguing against Brady is the number. He's got seven. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get to seven. Yeah, it was like even MJ from home. and LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. It's hard to but, get to the but, number. But, but, but we've, also, we've also seen, all right, and, and I, I think Joe Burrow is an is a athlete, but we won't deem him as a dual-threat quarterback. I saw Joe Burrow win in Kansas City. I saw Tom Brady win in Kansas City. Right now, I'm just not ready to go as far as watching somebody who dominated the game for a span Swaggo. of two decades. Swaggo, I think I got you. What's I think up? I got you. I think I got you. Because you know your basketball. Because you know your basketball. Uh, yeah. We call MJ the greatest. He was never going to catch Bill Russell. Yeah. So it's not Stephen always about a, titles, who Doggy, is the point. 11 titles for Russell, I'm, I'm not, six for Jordan. Hell, six for Kareem, six for Jordan. But we still yep. call Jordan the go. But but here's the, re, here's the thing, though, Stephen A. Here's the thing, and I, I understand what you're saying. But you just said that Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are the two most talented quarterbacks that you've ever seen. Yes, Tom Brady was winning titles when one of those quarterbacks was the most talented quarterback for a long time. He won titles then. When Pat Mahomes made this ascension, it was phenomenal. He won titles then. To me, going back to basketball, that's why the argument about LeBron and Jordan is so difficult. We didn't get to see them in the same era. We saw Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers era. We saw Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes era. And Pat was young, and he has time to ascend. But he's played them and had success against mm-hmm. them and went on to win Super Bowls. So just right now, I'm not ready to say that. But when it comes to Pat, if it's ever been a trajectory 
which we never thought that it would realistically be somebody that we talk about with the potential to win seven Super Bowls. I really believe he does have the potential to do that over the span of the rest of his career. But we've seen Tom Brady with both of these guys in this career matched up head to head. And yeah. he's went on to win Super Bowls after beating them. I'm just not ready yet, Mad Dog. Yeah, yeah. I got you. When, Fair. when the game's on the line, you can never count out Brady. I mean, Definitely Holmes can. either. And Bra- let's not forget, Brady, just larger pool. And please, let's not forget Montana. 4 0 in a Super Bowl. Oh, you don't start. No touchdowns. in the conversation. I, I know interceptions. And no interceptions. Hey. Stevie? Is it no in the conversation for in sure? Four Super Bowls. Is it, all wins. I brought that up to you. Is it I brought up Unitas. Yeah, you did a good job with Montana. Yeah, you know, all you your, saw Montana all play? <laughs> and you still went home. Yeah, I saw Montana play. I'm just asking. I wasn't sure. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. One of the greatest coaches of all time is still looking for a new home. Bill Belichick had a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons this past week, but otherwise, the 71-year-old six-time Super Bowl winner, put some respect on his name, has had no other reported interviews. Here's Adam Schefter on the latest. The Falcons have this open search. Like, there's a lot of people. And maybe, maybe in the end it comes up on Bill, but maybe it doesn't. We don't know how it's going to work out. And But so far, like, that's the only team that I can tell that has engaged in heavy conversation. That's crazy to me, but that's the reality. Hmm. All right. I've been waiting to tackle this one. Stephen A., are you surprised that Bill Belichick, who many have called the greatest coach of all time, there isn't more interest in him just the Atlanta Falcons, who aren't contenders by any means? Sadly, no, I am not surprised. Uh, For the record, I think it's important that everybody here knows. I believe that the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not advocating Swagoo that that Mike McCarthy should have been fired. I think there's a difference between you being fired and a team saying, look, we appreciate you, but that's a six-time champion over here. We can't pass up this opportunity. You see the difference? 
I'm saying that you don't boot Mike McCarthy out the door because he lost a playoff game to the Green Bay Packers when he had back-to-back-to-back 12-win seasons. But you do boot him out the door to get a six-time champion when you're an 81-year owner and you're supposedly starving for a championship. And And clearly, that was what I thought in regards to that. But nevertheless, looking at that and looking at the Philadelphia situation, which I also thought should have given it consideration, I still can sit here and tell you that I'm not surprised, and here's why. It's something that I've said for weeks, months actually, and I'll say it again. Bill Belichick is responsible in a lot of people's eyes for Tom Brady walking out the door in New England. So from that moment forward, you are the guy that pushed out the golden boy. If Tom Brady, doggy, had said, it's time for me to hang it up. I really appreciate everybody. I love y'all, blah, 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 beautiful press conference, hug one another, sing kumbaya. Bill Belichick would still be in New England. They would still revere him. And we would just have to go through a process where we have to rebuild. But because he nudged Tom Brady out the door because Tom Brady wanted Tom, Tom Brady wanted him to kiss the ring, per se, as they say, and that didn't happen. Robert Kraft had to go along with that after years of supporting Tom Brady. Once that happened, it was on Bill Belichick. When Tom Brady won the Tampa Super Bowl championship in Tampa, what did Bill uh, Robert Kraft reportedly say? That man, as in Bill Belichick, told me that this man couldn't play anymore. And here he is winning a damn Super Bowl championship. And from that point forward, Tom Brady wins a championship. New England makes the playoff one time. In four years, get shellacked by Buffalo by about 40-plus. They can't find an offense. They can't build talent. They can't do anything. And so now if you're Atlanta, you're Philly, you're Dallas, you're anybody else, it's two things that you're saying. Number one, there's no way in hell we want him to run the show. We want him to coach, but we don't want him to run the show. But secondly and more importantly, even if he were the coach, isn't this the same dude that hired Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as offensive coordinators? And has derailed the career of Mac Jones, who was once an all-pro in his rookie year and has gone from that to virtual obscurity because he's played like hot garbage. That was under Bill Belichick. And because of that, combined with his resume, I can see teams saying, we know we don't want him to run the show. But he's Bill Belichick. And in Atlanta, I got a CEO um, what's his name again? Uh, Mc, Mc, McVeigh? Mc, uh, or McKay, McKay. Right? McKay, 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 right? Okay. I, I don't know if Bill Belichick's going to want to listen to him or anybody else. And I think that's where your problem lies. I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, I, t- I think you're right. I think when you bring Belichick in, uh, he is your franchise. And I think owners are a little scared of that. And I think an owner would say, okay, they call crap. Bob, let me, uh, what's your thoughts about Belichick? Hey, he's a great coach, but it's his team. You know, the owner, you're almost like a passenger. So I think that scares people off. But I have to be surprised. I mean, he's, yes. he's not as good as Lombardi, in my opinion. But he's the greatest, second greatest coach of all time. I thought maybe Dallas would make a move after their loss. I thought maybe Sirianni would make a move after they lost. If Buffalo didn't make the playoffs, maybe they would have made a move as far as McDermott is concerned. He won't go now. He's done a good job there, kept the yep. team together. I thought maybe the Chargers, but then you had Harbaugh become available. Mm-hmm. So I think that hurt him a little bit with Harbaugh's availability. So I thought, I think part of it's circumstances. Jones kept McCarthy. 
healthy Suriani Harbaugh available, but I am surprised. I think in a big picture, if you're an owner in the NFL and you got a guy here who's won six Super Bowls and been in nine of them, and he's a tremendous coach who still wants to do it, and you're an owner and you haven't won, yeah, hold on now, we haven't won yet, and I got this guy available, what am I, an idiot? All right, I'll live with the idea that the GM doesn't like him. Let's go. You know if you give him talent, he's going to coach well. So I am personally surprised that he yeah. only has Atlanta Quite possibly, Mark, uh, Marcus, as his only opportunity. Swaggo, Dynasty, see what you think here. I'm more so in line with Mad Dog, but Stephen A made some phenomenal points. I'm just surprised because usually, like my experience in the NFL is that your success creates these opportunities, regardless of what transpired um, after Tom Brady. But Stephen A makes a great point, man, and, and I kind of been swayed by his argument It's actually been bad in New England from a coaching standpoint for the last three to four years. When we start talking, the defense has been solid, and obviously that's his position to focus. But I could see Mad Dog um, that scaring teams about how Bill Belichick will come into an organization and what his focus and view would be from a building standpoint because he's been bad, man. We talked about the draft picks that haven't worked out. They've been solid. We talked about the decline of Mac Jones. But more importantly, Stephen, they pointed out the hiring of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And then you bring in Bill O'Brien as an offense coordinator and you don't have success as well. So maybe the tread to these organizations is not what we think of it, Mad Dog, to be. But I'm with you. I have to be surprised when a when a coach has won six Super Bowls and and been the nine, and he is not a hot commodity on the market. Initially, I thought every vacancy it would be about Bill Belichick, and then we'll get to the other guys. Harbaugh was a little flying on him because of the success that he's had. But it's surprising. But when Stephen A. made that argument, and it's something that I've legitimately thought about, is has the game pass Bill Belichick by by how you have to approach roster building, how you have to be open to having more voices in the organization, how you may have to be open to the analytical side of football. All of those things, I think, come into play when you start thinking about bringing them in, and maybe that's the hindrance, Mad Dog. I can be surprised, but I can also see that other side of why Bill Belichick is not thought of like that. Doggy, uh, Swagoo, let me use what has transpired in recent memory in the sport of basketball to crystallize this point. We have coaches, like, for example, I'm I'm telling you right now, Larry Brown has forgotten more basketball than most coaches know. Okay? And there's a plethora of others who could argue the same. But what happened is, is that the new guard comes in. And while the new guard has no choice but to respect what you have done, They want their own thing. And if you're accomplished and you're addicted to the way that you do things, you're going to compromise their influence and their power. And they're not going to be receptive to do that, to doing that unless they have a choice, which means that if you're a member of the old guard, what you have to do is find a way to get in their head. You're good. You don't mind adapting. New times are new times. That old person that you saw, that's not me anymore. I make that adjustment, et cetera, et cetera. 
Can you see Bill Belichick doing that? He turned 72 in April, by the way. Can you see him doing that? It's tough to yeah, really see him doing that. Especially if you're an organization that hasn't won. If you Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, while I was winning six titles and going to nine championships, you couldn't even get to an NFC championship game. If you the Atlanta Falcons, don't get me started. The only time we knew you had a pulse was a few years ago when Kyle Shanahan Shanahan was your coordinator, Quinn was your head coach, and you blew a 28-3 lead. And the only other time than that was when you went to the Super Bowl in the 90s. You understand? But a couple of people got themselves in trouble, and that became the headline instead of the damn game itself. And so when you look at all of that, you're going to tell Bill Belichick what to do? You're not. And he and, and they know it. And they're like, why even try? I'm not saying I think Atlanta, they, they should they should hire him. They need him. But, I, again, I'm not surprised that he's having yeah. these kind of problems. Last word here, Marcus. Stephen A., let me say this. Stephen A., let me say this, and, and to Doggy as well, because you, you bring up a great point uh, about Bill Belichick and maybe he's too stubborn to change. The new guard is what's winning. And when we think about just this playoff in particular, we give Andy Reid so much credence. And remember, we had the conversation about can Andy Reid win the big one? Now, Patrick Mahomes has a lot to do with that. But Andy Reid decided to become very innovative offensively. He ushered in some of this new ideology of coaching. Yeah, but he said, but he said, but he said it was because of Patrick Mahomes. He said Patrick Mahomes essentially saved his career because he's like, this guy's so great. You want to do what he wants you to do. You want to create stuff because he's so exciting. He's breath, he's given new life to Andy Reid. All right, I got to get in here. Sometimes what's old is new. I'll leave you with that. Hey, Swaggo, great having you with us. We will talk to you soon, sir. I've got some breaking news to get into this morning. Uh, Doc Rivers finalizing an agreement to become the next coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Sources telling ESPN the Bucks are getting the coach they targeted over the past 24 hours. That breaking news from our Adrian Wojnarowski. Okay, Mad Dog, you know I'm coming to you. Yes. The Bucks. Getting rid of their first-year head coach, right? 30 and 13, and now they're hiring Doc Rivers. I love Doc. I love Doc. I'm a big fan, known him forever. Nick Dave, Stevie knows it. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, Doc just got dumped out of Philadelphia when they lost Game 7 in Boston. They couldn't wait to get him out of the Clippers. Now this is the solution here with the Bucks. We're going to bring Doc Rivers in because we think Lillard and Giannis will pay attention. I'll tell you, the, to me, the the Bucks look like a lost, don't know what the heck they're doing organization. Fired the guy they shouldn't have fired. Hired a guy with no experience. Let him go at 30 and 13. Steven makes a great point because obviously maybe his defense. And then let's bring in a guy who just got fired from two real good teams in the last three or four years. But we're desperate. Giannis needs to respect somebody, so we bring him in. Very odd for the Bucks, Steve. I understand it, but it's odd. First of all, let me first say this. Your commentary is fair. I love Doc Rivers. Love him to death. Know him personally. I'm very happy for him and him getting this opportunity. He is a champion. He was once recognized one of the top 15 coaches in the history of the game. We understand all of that, okay? Here's what Doc Rivers has to understand. And if you don't say it, I'll say it. I'm saying it to him as a friend because he is a friend, and I love him, and he knows that. In 
on three occasions, he's blown a 3-1 lead. Fair. In game sevens, his career record is 6-10 and ten as a coach. Fair and he's lo- And he's lost the last five straight. Now, this is it. Just like I told you, Adrian Griffin probably wasn't going to last this season. If Doc Rivers, and I'm not saying this year has to be the year, but if Doc Rivers doesn't succeed at this job, my prediction is it will be his last as a head coach in the NBA. And so for me, I'm looking at it knowing that he knows the game, knowing that he can coach the game. I will tell you that I think that he's taken an entirely bad rap about Philadelphia. Clippers affair, okay? 76ers, not so much. James Harden could have played better. He could have played with more energy. Kendrick Perkins has been on the record on ad nauseum talking about how James Harden gave up and quit, okay? I can't put that on Doc. We've seen doggy, doggy. We've seen how much of a disastrous no-show Ben Simmons has been. Doc Rivers was supposed to have Ben Simmons and Embiid, okay? So I'm looking at those kind of things, and I'm saying I'm not going to hold him but so accountable for that. Daryl Morey had to do what he had to do. Nick Nurse is doing an outstanding job. Nick Nurse is a champion in Toronto. We saw what he did with Kawhi Leonard, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you're making that move. They've elevated their pace of play. They're scoring more points offensively. Tobias Harris is elevating his level of play from last season. Joel Embiid was an MVP last season. He looks like he's about to be an MVP again this year. And Tyrese Maxey having the ball in his hands is something special. So Philly's a different animal. But if you're Doc Rivers in Milwaukee, Based on those numbers that I just put out there, we understand how you're you're a damn good coach and you're a champion. But the 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 losing three three and one series leads and a six and ten record and losing five straight game sevens is very 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 conspicuous. You got Giannis and Dame now, and if Doc Rivers is going to coach Giannis and Dame. I promise you they'll look better defensively in short order with Doc Rivers coaching them. I get that. I don't be surprised if P.J. Tucker and somebody and a couple other dudes end up there in Milwaukee. But in the end, if not this season, by next season, you can't have Giannis and Dane and no title in Milwaukee. That cannot happen. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I think he's been around a little too long. I think he needs a little break. But Milwaukee's desperate. Yeah. Credibility, Rivers, he's got credibility. And Steve's right. Last year was about Harden. Yep. I was unfair to him. Excellent point. Last year, Harden yeah. was terrible. So I shouldn't blame him for the, for the 76ers. But he was bad with the Clippers, though, Steve, to be fair. Yes. I, I didn't say anything about the Clippers. I didn't say anything about the Clippers. The I just said the 76ers. East is I just said the 76ers. Celtics, Miami just got better. That's fair. Miami's gotten better. Hey, hey, oh, yeah, hey, I said, my, yeah, East is tough. My, Miami's gotten better. Boston is still there. Yeah. Can't dismiss them. Philly? The Knicks, the Knicks are balling. I mean, listen, and in, in, in out west, you know, you got you talking about winning the chip. Yeah, uh, Jokic is out there, and the Clippers, mm-hmm. the Clippers, pay attention dangerous. to them. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Denver's had a big week. That was a big win they had in Boston the other night. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited two X miles on everything you buy, and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus, receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel.
Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. It's time to check in with our angriest of all the dogs. Really drives me freaking crazy. It's my favorite thing on television. He's always blaming somebody else. Seven shading. Let me finish. What's the matter with that guy? Tells us why he's fired up, so let's get it. Why are you mad today? All right, first off, I want to dedicate this to Stevie. Oh! No, not that Stevie. Oh, oh. This Stevie. Stevie Van Zandt. Ah. Sil Sopranos, Springsteen's main guitarist. He Instagrammed <laughs> me last week saying, you left one out, doggy. Where was the bills with the shovel in the snow? Hire a real staff to get the snow out of Orchard Park. So because of that, we I dedicate that to Look Steve. at this nice okay. little photo. Nice photo. Look at you name dropping. Uh, but there you go. All right. Are you ready, big guy? Number I'm one. Ready. How about Stefan Diggs, the diva himself? <gasps> Three catches, 20 yards, and this incredible drop on the first play of Buffalo's last drive, which would have won the game, in my opinion, with eight minutes to go. How do you drop this pass? Oh, my God. Here's a guy who's always throwing his helmet, get me the ball, get me the ball, get me the ball. And then he drops that. And then not only that, blows off the meteor after the game. When they want to quote, season's over. Diggs, you caught three balls for 20 yards. You're outplayed by Rice of the Chiefs. This is a terrible loss for that city in that stadium to their enemy. And you drop a big one, and then after the game, you don't give the Buffalo guy, the Buffalo News American journalist, a columnist, a quote, my fault. If you throw your helmet all over the place, out, out, out. Number one. Ooh. Ooh. Is I don't know how you argue it. So it was a double whammy for you. Double whammy. Double whammy. Go ahead, Steve. S.A., where are you at? I have no defense to Stephon Diggs today. You have to catch that pass. And especially since you dropped it, you got to show up and answer those questions. After the noise you made the previous offseason when y'all lost and carried it into this season, no. 
you have to you have to man up. They, doggy's right. You agree? Doggy's right. Yeah, I was a Buffalo News columnist, so I would have been ticked off. <laughs> yes, I'd have been ticked off if he left and didn't answer questions. So I get it. All right, number two. This is a good one. Now listen, I know he's making 17 million, and everybody gets a kick out of him. I've had enough. On Sunday during this game, 56 million people watched it. Tony, our little pal Romo, <laughs> on this particular play early in the game, you remember it? When Diggs, again, fumbled it, and the ball was knocked out of bounds by Kincaid. He got a 10-yard penalty, first play of the game. Tony said, boy, that's like the play with Franco Harris. The play with Franco Harris is the immaculate reception for crying out loud. This is the play in 72 against the Raiders in which yes. they won the game 13-7. to And Bradshaw made this wonderful play with the late uh, Franco off Fuqua's helmet. And of course, Johnny Warren, whoever yeah. it was. And Bradshaw with the win. Pittsburgh went on. They lost to Miami the next week. That's, of course, Jack Tatum. And there's Franco. That is the play that Romo referenced. What he should have meant, he needs a history lesson Call me. This is the play that we are referring to. This is called the Holy Roller. This is 78. That's the snake. Throws the ball. They kick it into the end zone. Opening early in the year against the Chargers. And who catches the ball in the end zone? Hall of Famer Dave Casper. They changed the rules after that. Anybody who knows anything about football knows that that play with the snake, that is the holy roller. Romo sat there and talked about Franco when the ball was knocked out of pass by Kincaid. That is awful, 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 awful. Mitch, say something. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Ooh, you I believe, that. I believe you are being cruel. And you should be ashamed of yourself. Mm, what? There are pl- there are plenty of times where you are on the air and you make mistakes, and your contemporaries do not call it out. That is wrong. Yes, you got it right factually. It's the holy roller. It was not the immaculate reception, and I recognize that. And a producer should have gotten in his ear to help make that correction. Okay, if not on the spot immediately after they came out of commercial. But for you to bring this up three days later on national television, mm-hmm. it's kind of low. Mm-hmm. You're better than that. Really? You feel, You're better than be that. Honest. Be honest. Do you feel <laughs> bad about it? No, I don't. He's making $17 million. Put up with it. Oh, my Ooh. God. Get it right. He ruined my Sunday watching football. So he's making oh, just a little bit more. What, what, a little bit more than what, day. what bothered you the most? Just that he, he mixed up the plays? Like, what bothered you? If you're an historian, like I He's am. He's not a historian. But he brought up a reference that was incorrect. I famous it plays. up. Famous oh. plays. Oh. You bring up names literally every day, and you get it wrong. All the time. Oh. All right, we're running I out do. of time. Not we got to go to the next one. All right, number three. This is one that's driving me crazy, and I know the writers love it. Can we calm down? On Embiid's 70-point game. Whatever. Embiid, not um, Embiid. First off, how do you differentiate from 76er history from Warrior history? Uh, It's not the same. Come on. Wilt, when he scored the 162 and Hershey against the Knicks, was for the Philadelphia Warriors. That is the record in Philadelphia. 
Don't make the distinction between, well, 76ers, this is a franchise record, and no, it's not, because the record in Philadelphia in basketball is the Big Dipper with 100 against the Knicks at the Hershey Arena in March of 62. That is the scoring record for that city. Nobody in America says, oh, wow, for our franchise, this is the record. Will played for both franchises. He played for the Sixers, who won the championship in 66-67, and he played for the Warriors, who moved to San Francisco before the Sixers came down from Syracuse. That drove me crazy. I can't believe guys like him sat there and brought up the idea that this is a franchise record. When you talk about Philly basketball, there's no such thing. It's the Philly record, and the Dipper has it, not Embiid. Number three. Embiid. Embiid. Stephen A., is it's he being n- a little tough on people today? I'm no, 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 but he's right, he's, he's right about that. I mean, that was a little slickness on the part of, of, Philadelphia, of the 76ers. The fact of the matter is, Wilt Chamberlain did what he did as a member of the Philadelphia Warriors, who ultimately became the Philadelphia 76ers. You don't get to disassociate the Warriors from the Sixers. It's the franchise. Just like Kevin Durant and those guys, you were playing for the Seattle Supersonics, and then you moved to Oklahoma City, and it was called the Oklahoma City Thunder. You don't get to sit up there and distance yourself from the franchise. It's one and the same, even with a different name. There you go. Three for three. Three you know what? for you know what three. No, say? We got I didn't agree with you on number two. I didn't agree with you on number two. Mad Dog, epic energy today. I've been fighting up. Epic passion. The delivery, the passion. (laughs) Stephen A, I actually saw him taking notes. He's like, oh no, Stephen A's list. He's got to bring it Tuesday. Whoa. I have motivated him to get him going a little bit. Now that he saw how a delivery is done. Look at Cinderella. Look at Cinderella with a a white slippers talking crap to me. You just stop it. Stop (laughs) it. Okay? Go to break, Molly. Go to break before you get me started. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. All right, uh, Mad Dog, so earlier, right. top 10 quarterbacks, you had Mahomes one. I, I was did. shocked, being right. a historian you are, and yep. not even mentioning Tom Brady. So give us your top 10 quarterbacks all time. All right, this is based on Shannon Sharp, who said Lamar Jackson, if he wins these next couple games, he'll be top 10, which is ridiculous. Mahomes <laughs> is one. 
Brady is two. Montana, close three. I love Montana. Johnny Yu is four. He's the father of the modern-day quarterback, won three titles. Otto Graham, ten straight championship games with the Browns and Paul Brown, underrated. Don Shula said, don't forget Otto, Chris, when you ever do these quarterbacks, so they're for Don Shula. Starbuck, the Dodger for Dallas, won two Super Bowls in six. Bradshaw won four, two MVPs in the Super Bowl seven. Elway, eight, can't knock Elway. Obviously, two titles, he lost three. Peyton, nine. And which is no shit, which is no shame. And Bart Starr, nine and one in the postseason, is ten. Stevie, go ahead, Kim. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't hate your list. It's the it's the Mahomes at one for me. That that I'm I'm just not I'm just not there. Not there yet. Right? I'm just yeah. not there yet. That's all. That's all. I'm about Tom Brady at number one too, but I don't hate your list. But I will ask you this question, doggy. You've got a two-time Super Bowl champion in Roger Starbuck. You've got a four-time Super Bowl champion in Terry Bradshaw. Uh, just a question. How about the three that Troy Aikman won? That's a I, very I, good I, point. I, I didn't want to bring up our, our teammate. And the I fact love that Troy. you left him off. I didn't want to, I mean, I didn't three, want to do that three, to you. Three, three, three times Super Bowl wait, 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 wait. What about Lamar Jackson, top ten? How could it be in the top ten? These guys have won titles left and right here. Uh, Stephen A., where are you on Shannon's take? That Lamar will be in the top ten if he wins it. If he wins the Super Bowl, obviously. No. No. One is not going to get you in the top ten. If that's the case, Aaron Rodgers would already be there. Kimberly, one ring by Lamar. I think, it's pre- I think it's premature, but he would have two MVPs at that point. Yeah. And a Super Bowl. And that's a, that's a slim list, yes. the double MVPs. Premature. Everyone, you have an amazing day, and I'll see you in the morning with Stephen A. Goodbye.